What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Reports, College Football, and NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Matt Miller. Joined, as always, on Friday by my good buddy, Mello, and I said his name, Mid-Drink, but Mello. We you have a- almost always talk to me Mid-Drink. Yep, because I think I drink too much. I also like to talk to you when you can't talk back, because then I just get to keep talking, which we both know is how I would prefer to do things. We have a surprise for the listeners this week. It's a good one. Neither of us is getting Hello. divorced again. There he is. <laughs> we should have planned that better. Yeah, but, I just uh, had to. I can't do it right. anymore. I, I had to get it out. Connor just pops up between us at the desk. <laughs> like, like I should have done that last year. Yeah, yeah right. We should have just went rogue and made it happen. Well, we'll do that this year. Connor's with us every Friday from now until the draft, which is only like three Fridays, which it sounds like a really big deal. Oh, Connor's with us for two weeks. But uh, it's going to be fun tonight. We have a great show. Um, we're going to go around the league. We're going to hand out our red stars. We've been talking about this a lot, uh, borrowing that terminology, terminology, goodness gracious, from our buddy Daniel Jeremiah. I'm going to play buy or sell with these guys where they get to buy or sell the latest rumors, and then your draft on draft questions. But, Connor, welcome to Fridays, not TGI Fridays, who we would love to have as a sponsor, just Fridays in general. Listen, I'm happy to be here. I believe this is my second or third, third appearance on a Friday show. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I'm going to let you guys... Do your usual thing, not get in the way too much, but I am glad that we're doing these Red Star players finally because I feel like we've been teasing this for weeks now. Yeah, so basically you just need to have a natty light right now, um, uh, like a, a plaid button-up nope, and, or not, not a tonight. BR quarter zip, and you would fit right in here. Dude, I got in sweats as soon as I got <laughs> home tonight. I am so washed at this point from yep. just stacking players, watching. We're at the point of watching mostly bad players right now so listen i'm comfortable and i'm excited and i'm ready to go well let's jump right into it uh an opinion that i think both of you share to some degree is that todd haley does not like Dwayne haskins and uh, it was a uh, albert breer i think or sports illustrated at yep. least put out a it really was mmqb it was mmqb they did a great job with this i really liked it they polled uh a couple of people decision makers some people who uh, like joey Klingscale, who worked with the jets Todd Haley, and they went on record to talk about this year's quarterback class. And Todd Haley basically came out and said, listen, Haskins can't throw deep. Just can't do it. I see him make plays that the offense hands him. And Mello, I feel like for a lot of reasons, but definitely for that reason, you and Todd Haley are simpatico. It's kind of weird how like how much my scouting report would match up with Todd Haley's. Because you copy and paste it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just came like, out first. I know. Before, like, I don't know if it actually made it on the podcast that we did for Monday mornings, but I said Haston, he can't throw the ball deep. I don't question his arm strength, and I think that's something that's totally different. He has a strong arm. I just don't think that it translates to throwing the ball deep. Vince Young could throw the deep ball very well. He didn't have a strong arm, though, in like intermediate throws. And I saw a lot of that with Dwayne Haskins, too. And, I mean, I really think that old Todd Haley, he hit the nail on the head with this scouting report he did. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy at all. I have an early second-round grade on Haskins. I have him somewhere, I think, 20, when you look at it, I think 23rd overall. Um, I mean, he hasn't really been a vertical thrower too much this year. There were examples if you need to go to them, but... It's not going to really wow you in that regard. He's been an intermediate passing kind of guy, an accurate kind of guy with good velocity on those throws. So, I mean, it was interesting. It's interesting to see Haley come out there. I don't I don't really know what he was looking for, though. Like, I, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that think Haskins is a special prospect like, you know, a Baker or I even do, like, I feel like, like I don't I don't think those guys year? exist where like. 
it did um it, it did like heat up a little bit maybe like a month ago for a couple weeks where it was like Haskins is so smart and the Giants love him and like he might be really smart I I, I haven't had the chance to interview him for 15 minutes at a whiteboard but I it's still like he was a one-year starter in an offense that asked him to throw underneath to Paris Campbell and Terry McLaren like that's I, yeah. I think you have to you could say like I really like his upside but upside is a bet I, I mean, it's a huge risk. And that's what I saw a lot of when I watched his film because I saw the report come out. I went back and I watched some of his tape. I just see a lot of playmakers making plays for a guy who does a lot of checkdowns. It was like watching Alex Smith throw for the Kansas City Chiefs. He throws a little quick slant route to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek takes it to the house. And on the stat book, it shows up as a 50-yard completion for a touchdown. So don't throw at me the, oh, he threw for 4,800 yards and 50 touchdowns. He did have a great season. Awesome. He also got a lot of help from a very talented skill position group around him. Mike Weber and Dobbins at running back, too. You can't forget about them. Scary Terry and my guy, Paris Campbell, are exceptional athletes, and they were able to take advantage of some of these Big Ten defenses. I think uh, Haley compared him to Jared Goff, right? And said uh, that like somebody did. or maybe clean scale did someone compared him to golf and that surprised me because I hadn't really like thought about that but I can kind of see it from an arm perspective of what golf wasn't at Cal especially mm-hmm. like you know he would dominate it underneath uh, in the same article and again like you guys should go read it it's, it's really well done I, I think that we want to give credit to other people when, especially when it's due they compared Kyler Murray to Michael Vick and Russell Wilson which sounds crazy but. As we're doing draft 400, spoiler alert, Michael Vick is my comp for Kyler Murray. So when I saw this, I was a little upset because like, damn it. Like I wanted the headline. Matt Miller compares Kyler Murray to Michael Vick and these guys beat me to it. We'll still do that. But but. I think you had mentioned it at least. I don't know because I talked to you so damn much that I can't remember like (laughs) where we were. Okay. So yeah, Uh, I like that comp though, because I think as as hard as it is for me to talk about Oklahoma quarterbacks, He could be amazing. He could be MVP level. He might bust. He might get hurt in the second game. He might choose to go play baseball. But he could also be a very good quarterback. And I don't see that with the other guys. I think the other guys are going to be maybe a starter for a while. Kyler Murray has the potential to come be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think Haskins is a guy you can definitely win games with. And I think he's somebody that, I mean, he's still really young and was a one-year starter, so I do think there's a ceiling there that could be met where he could be a really nice player. But when you look at Kyler, some of the traits are just special, and, and I think he was actually, he's a little bit more of a polished passer than Vic. Like, Vic was really erratic when yeah. it came to accuracy. But, I mean, it's the closest comp in my eyes in terms of play style and the speed and just the flick of the wrist rocket arm. So I, I'm with you all the way, both of you guys. I, I think Kyler has a chance to be a special player. I'm betting that he succeeds. I mean, I have him in my top 10 players overall. I think I have him actually right at five. I think he's just an exciting player, and I think he, his skills really do translate to this modern NFL, and and I love that comparison. I, I This isn't on the rundown, but you guys know how much I like to just go off on my own and then bring you along with me. Uh, I think the if the ceiling is Mike Vick, the floor is RG3. Oh, four might be bad. I don't know. I don't. And RG three was bad, but he was also a rookie of the year. Yeah, and then he got hurt. Yeah. So like, I know that changes things. Mm-hmm. But like, you know that I see. Like, I think RG three was the first guy after Vic who had that like crazy. I'm gonna roll right, drift, 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 and then flick my wrist, and the ball's mm-hmm. gone. And you're just like, oh shit! Like 
that, okay, that happened. And there've been other guys since then who, who are great at that. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has made a living off that, but I, I think with being a smaller, not running Human quarterback, being. but quarterback who <laughs> runs, you know, like you, I'm not, I, I don't think he will be RG three. Like, I think he'll be better than that. But if we have to think about the, the possibility that every player could bust. Oh yeah. I mean, it happens a lot. For those yeah. of you that don't know and you're listening, not yeah. every first-round pick turns out to be good, yeah. especially at quarterback. Here's one who did. Aaron Rodgers turned out to be really good. I think we all agree with that, even though I would trade him. I, my my, I would trade Aaron Rodgers stance is so much stronger today because our good buddy and the owner of one of the nicest beards I've ever seen, Ty Dunn, had a fantastic article, and you can check it out in the BR app, about the dysfunction in Green Bay. And Ty's not the first person to cover that, but he worked in Green Bay before he was with Mm -hmm. us. He knows that franchise well. And he got dudes to go on the record talking about how it's not just Mike McCarthy's fault. It wasn't just Ted Thompson's fault. It's not just Aaron Rodgers' fault, but they all share some of the blame in this. Connor, I know you and I talked about this uh, a lot today just during the day as we were working. And my favorite part of this article is where they talk about a receiver, the play call telling him to run a, a flag route and Rodgers is like, no, run a post. I'll hit you. So the guy runs a post, and Rodgers throws it away to the flag and then just loses his shit. And it's like it gives you a peek behind the curtain of Mike McCarthy getting massages instead of going to team meetings and Ted Thompson falling asleep in meetings and you know people really worrying about his health because he can't speak without slurring his words. And it's just amazing that the most iconic franchise outside of Dallas was this fucking dysfunctional. Yeah, I mean, number one, my my two biggest takeaways from this is one that obviously there are a lot of problems with Aaron Rodgers. And of course, he's going to be hard on young wide receivers. But there's a difference between being hard on a young wide receiver and setting them up to fail and fail the team. And that's what it sounds like he did. Like Tom Brady would never do that as hard as he could be on his players. He would never come close to leading in that way. So it's a bad look for Rodgers. It's clear that he he had friction with McCarthy going all the way back to the whole Alex Smith drama in the draft. That was great. And, and number two, it's amazing. Number two, a completely different look at this. Thank God the New York Jets did not hire Mike McCarthy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine the failure that that would have been with Sam Darnold? If people wanted I, that, dude. Oh, a lot it, of people Yeah, did. those people are absolute fools is what they are because – when you read in that article that Mike McCarthy has basically been running the same route concepts for seven years and the opposition calls it out within each game, that should be a cause for concern. I loved two things. I'm glad you pointed uh, that out that that Aaron Rodgers, when they hired Mike McCarthy, if you haven't read the article yet, spoiler alert, he was pissed because Mike McCarthy was the OC in San Francisco and they drafted Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. So when McCarthy gets to Green Bay, Aaron, who's a backup to Brett Favre at this time, is so pissed that they took Alex Smith over him. So, like, what a what a freaking Napoleon complex. How petty can right? someone be in the NFL? Yeah, it, it's amazing, dude. There's so many, like, highlights and takeaways where you're reading it, and you're like, I can't believe that's real. And, like, I will say, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. I think he has all-world talent, but he owns more of the blame for the fact that they've won one Super Bowl than... I think has been handed to him and I'm anxious to see how he responds to this now, because like Connor said, this is not how Tom Brady leads. It's not how Jordan led. It's not how uh, Jeter led. Like you think of the great Kobe, leaders, yeah. Kobe, I mean, Kobe is by I mean, all they get counts, in your ass a little bit, right? <laughs> but and like Jordan is the ultimate shit talker to everyone else, right? Like he, he elevated everyone around him and 
man, I think that's why with quarterbacks, it's super important. You got to know the guys that, that you're bringing in. So whew, it's a dandy of a read. I mean, it's, it's good. And I'm not and, just and saying that because we work with Ty. One thing I want to tie into this that I found very interesting. There were some people that felt personality-wise, like concerns of personality-wise, that Josh Rosen was very similar to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Not, not in like the think- cocky way. But the like semi, I don't want to say insecure because Rogers is confident, but sensitive kind of way, like friction in the locker room kind of way where they're both so talented. But at, for a quarterback, that personality means a lot. Yeah, I think it was actually maybe me that made that. <laughs> really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I think it was. But honestly, I would stand by it. I still we'll see what happens with Josh Rosen, uh, but I could see. Uh, some stories coming out maybe after he lands with the New York Giants or somewhere else that he he rubs guys the wrong way. It happened all the time at UCLA. Uh, Mora did not have great things to say about him through the draft sure. process. So I, I think they're both like world-class talent at quarterback. But sometimes it's, are your troops going to fight for you? Are your receivers going to run those routes hard for you? Are your linemen going to block for you all the time? And I know it's the NFL. Like, that's your job. People are going to come out. But how motivated are they? Like Matt mentioned, Jordan was able to get the best out of everyone. And maybe he pissed you off, but you're going to play your ass off for him. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers' teammates who are going on record and saying this shit, I don't know if they're going to play their ass off for Aaron Rodgers or a coach that is skipping meetings. Yeah, it's a a mess. All right, let's move on because Jalen Ferguson is moving on. I'm getting really good at segues. I just want to point that out. And then you point it out every (laughs) time. So So, nailing it. Uh, Gil Brandt, who is the godfather of... Uh, the world, I believe, says that Jalen Ferguson has this is I've never heard of this before. He has 22 team visits this month. That's insane. <laughs> like I don't even know how that's actually possible before the draft. Neither do I. It's the 25th. So so he's <laughs> double dipping visits like he's got to do a couple. And I hope in he has those day. sky miles because right. homeboy's going to be racking up some points. Yeah, you need to like I hope they're not making him fly like a legion like he better be Bro, on his, Delta. His agent better be getting like a serious bonus. Imagine planning all that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, no dude. way. Yeah. No way would I want to do that. Thank God he's not an AAF player because they would just be like, you got to fly your ass to these meetings, dude, because that that whole story is crazy. Connor's getting arrested again. Dude, it's every time we record. <laughs> I Ambulance, love it. fire trucks, cops. Sometimes our equipment but, works. Sometimes goodbye, it guys. Life yeah. in the city, right? Life. I was listening to a podcast today about Frank Sinatra, and it, it talked about Hoboken so much that it was really enjoyable. God, for me. that sounds like a good podcast. It really was. It was about how he was loosely responsible for JFK's assassination. Oh because my God. he helped, because he helped JFK get elected president. And if he hadn't done that, he would have never been assassinated. Does it talk about oh. his character in your favorite movie, The Godfather? Uh, it does, actually. It <laughs> oh, does good. talk about that. And like listening to it, you're like, The Godfather was just ripped off of Frank Sinatra's life. A good part of it was. So, yeah, eyes are Hoboken open. Hoboken claims two things. Frank Sinatra and baseball, which yeah. I don't think baseball was invented in Hoboken, but for whatever reason, they try to claim that. Very bizarre. I've never heard of the baseball one. The obviously. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know until I got here and I was walking around one day and saw like yeah. a monument about it. And I was like, this is definitely BS. <laughs> the town that we're from uh, claims that the town we grew up in is called Liberal, Missouri. And it was named that way on purpose because there were no churches or saloons allowed. This is like back in the 1800s. And now there are still no saloons, but there are 18 churches and oh, a town yeah. of 700 people. So, uh, all right. That, that was a weird little tangent we went on. It was. Last, last news for you guys. And I know this will make some of us 
unrealistically happy, but Nick Bosa has meetings with all teams drafting in the top six. So he will do, uh, and has already met with the Cardinals, Niners, Jets, Raiders, Bucks, Giants. Hopefully Jets, Giants are like the same day. Uh, and I just feel like every team is just kind of going through the process. Like, obviously, if he falls, you're, he's going to be high on everyone's board. I think he probably starts on most boards, except for maybe Arizona, <laughs> as number one. Yeah. Like, that's who yeah, you right. want. So in there, I think there is a possibility that maybe he maybe he falls to three or four, which would just should be Should not happen. No, it Man. shouldn't. He shouldn't. Fall I don't know if I'm three. just doubting it, but like I, I think he's. I think the Niners are taking him. I do too. Like I feel like I know the Niners are taking him. Now where it could get crazy is if someone does something really stupid and trades to come up to two, then well, it'll get really I, interesting. Right. I think like I I wrote this a couple of days ago. If I'm the Niners, I would be calling Arizona and be like, "What do y'all want? Because you're going to take Kyler. Take him at two. Let us come up to one. Secure Bosa. We'll throw you an extra third or whatever." At least they know they're getting them. Right. At least throw out some feelers and be like, okay, if they're listening, then obviously they're going for Kyler. And if they're unresponsive, then, oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) what are you going to do at two? Because if Bosa's not there, that's going to really shake up the draft. Uh, Before we go to our first break and then to our Red Star players, I want to ask this is what I love about podcasts. We get the raw emotion. Connor, have you seen the Jets jerseys? They just came out. We're recording Thursday night. They just got tweeted out by the Jets account. Have you seen them yet? Yes, I have. What are your thoughts? I really like the white jerseys. Okay, I do too. Um, the white ones are really nice. I don't like whatever's going on on the shoulders. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. And they completely botched the logo. Like, it was so easy. All you had to do was make it a jet on the helmet. I, I like that they put New York on the jersey. I'm always a fan of anything New York related. I think the white uniform is is fantastic. I could really take or leave. The other one. I like the black. I remember talking yeah. about this. I think I don't know at one of our meetups or something about what we kind of thought they were gonna do, and I one of us mentioned that they're gonna go back to the Keyshawn Johnson jerseys, yep. and I really think they did. Like that's what this screams to me. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I, no. They should have kept it the same. I liked the other jerseys. I think that the white looks good just because it's Jamal Adams. That's like, what I, think, I keep I think Jamal too. Adams could wear like dog shit yellow jerseys and people be like, that's swagged out. Like he looks really good. So the white uh, though is the closest to what Melo said. It's yeah. like the old ones, which yeah. like it's, that's kind of cool. I, I would definitely, I like, we've talked about this all the time. I don't wear football jerseys, but like, I would definitely get like a frame. If I build a home office, like I get the white one framed. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The black is like the alternate black. I, it just feels very like Nike trying hard with yes, all the new that's uniforms. What I was gonna say. Right, it's just like, like oh, black I, I know jerseys everybody, are cool. Yeah, that and like I know everybody's like laughing, like oh, they're North Texas. They're like oh, like, oh it like, does look like North off. Texas. Like get, like get your jokes off, but like Nike's gonna come for your team and do this too, and then I'll laugh at you because they're doing this <laughs> to everyone. Like you sit down with Nike and they're like, hello, fellow kids, what can we do to your uniforms? Yeah. Like, like look at uh, what they did to the Browns. I hate the Browns they, uniforms. They're yeah, so what an awful bad. color palette. And then you find a way to make it worse. Imagine being like, colorblind. Oof. I'm just confused. Yeah, yeah. So. Matt thinks the the Jets are wearing red and the Chiefs wear like powder blue. Right? It's, you're not far off. What a, what a world. Yep. All right. Let's go to a break. Damn it. 
All right, fellas, we're back. And like I said at the top of the show, we're borrowing this from our buddy Daniel Jeremiah. Um, this was something they did when he was a scout with the Baltimore Ravens that uh, the general manager there, Ozzie Newsom, wanted his scouts to be involved. So at this time of year, each was able to put their like their name on a player. And, and they were called Red Star Players. So we're going to borrow that terminology because it makes sense. Now, here are the rules we put down for stick to football. No first-round players. So right. can't be a guy you have graded in your top 32. Some of these could be a surprise and go around one, I guess, but uh, none of mine should. So um, that that was kind of the rules we put down. So this is a guy that like you love their play style, their character, their work ethic, whatever it might be. Um, and I'll, I'll start us off here. I'm going go with Dawson it. Knox from Ole Miss. Like it's weird to love a dude who didn't catch a touchdown in college, but I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the way he plays. I think he has tremendous upside, very good athlete. Could be an inline tight end, could be a flex tight end. And to go back to, you know, the intro there, I just love the way he plays football. Very selfless, three down player, and really could fit any spot at tight end. Well, and there's so much going on in that Ole Miss offense. Like they they have probably two first round receivers. That's almost unheard of. So of course the production's not gonna be there for Dawson Knox. So I, I like him too. You're kind of coming on him late, uh, but I think second round value is good for him. I mean, I'm with you all the way. Dawson Knox is a baller. I mean, the production's not there, like you said, but it, neither it wasn't there for George Kittle either. So I, I always like you got to be careful with tight ends in college because yep, yep. sometimes the targets just aren't there. All right, Melo. Yep. Uh, I'm going to steal this guy before anybody else does because I know Connor probably had his eye on him. Chase Winovich is, I think, a guy you have to get into your locker room if it's on in the second round. I think he brings great value because he's. I th- don't think he's going to bust. He might not be a pro bowler getting 10 sacks a year, but he's going to be a great guy to have in your locker room. He's going to be productive. He's going to pro- provide depth, and that's at a minimum. I think he's going to be a very good Russian, especially if he gets into like a 4-3 defense and he can just wreak havoc off the edge. He did so much better than Matt's guy, Rashawn Gary. <laughs> And I think wow. everybody was able to see it on tape. He's just uh, gritty. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about him. Like He is every stereotype you want out of a David Pollock-type rush end. Oh, my God. My guy, Rashawn Gary. Okay, go ahead, Connor. I'm just going <laughs> to strangle Mello with he- this mic cord. The heel turn on his own brother. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Mello, wow. I was just waiting for the he's down to get his pass rush on in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I absolutely love that. But. Yeah, I mean, I just want to clarify, like these are not anyone in the first round. So I, I couldn't, you know, the love of my life at Oliver couldn't put him in here. David Montgomery and Kelvin Harmon for me weren't allowed either. So I'm going to start off with Miles Sanders. Second round running back for me. Crush the combine. Somebody we've talked about a lot lately. I, I love his game. I think he's got good vision. He's really elusive player. I think he'll be more effective in the pass game at the next level because Trace McSorley just loved getting sacked instead of dumping the ball off to his running back. So Big fan of Miles Sanders and would really be shocked if he doesn't find a lot of success in this kind of NFL now, the way it is, just everything he brings to the table. Also a great nickname. I'm totally with you. I think that if he weren't buried behind Saquon for two years, we would be talking about him as maybe a first-round running back. He He didn't get the touches in college, and it's not his fault. It's not the coach's fault. You're just behind one of the best running backs we've ever seen. All right, moving on here. Uh, I'm going to take Debo, and I know like he might go round one, but I don't. I think he goes early round two. So maybe I'm. Yeah, but that's fair. He's yeah. still a round two player. If it, if you just like asked me, like cold called me on the street, who's your favorite player to watch in this class? I would probably say Debo. Samuel. I really like Debo. I could see him being the best receiver in this class. If he can stay I healthy, would not be shocked at all. Like 
he's just and watching him at the senior bowl was like a kid in a candy store for me. Watching his routes, how he runs like a running back, he catches like a receiver. Mm-hmm. It's almost not fair. So like to me, Debo Samuel will be the reality of what I wanted Braxton Miller to be. <laughs> right, exactly. Speaking of Braxton Miller, let's go with Ohio State receivers because I really like Paris Campbell. And I know Connor probably doesn't share the same opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if this is another guy who maybe sneaks into the first round. If we see a run on receivers, because I there's not a lot of separation from these receivers. I think Debo's got a lot of attention. I, all of us love A.J. Brown. And then after that, I think there's a lot of mixed opinions. I like what Paris Campbell can do. Now put him in the slot for a little bit. Let him develop into an actual receiver. I think he can take the top off of a def- off of a defense and put him in some jet sweeps and move him around. Let him be just a weapon get early in his ball. career. Yeah, in any way you can, just get him the ball. The guy can fly. Man, with that kind of speed, I would not be surprised if he finds his way into the first round. And and this is my Paris Campbell, Nicole Hardman. I I mean, when you talk about gadget player with a lot of speed that should have been used more vertically, but wasn't now, I guess we're just going to blame all the the good quarterback prospects here. Haskins, Jake Fromm, and a couple (laughs) of years. I mean, they didn't, neither guy really pushed the ball down the field to them as much as they should have. So that's fair to have questions there. I love me Cole Hardman. I really enjoyed your guys interview with him. I thought he was funny, honest. I loved when you ask him hidden talents and he goes, no, I'm a basic guy. <laughs> like he wanted to say basic bitch, but he just says, I'm a basic guy. Uh, he's awesome. And, and I think he's going to be awesome because I think he's one of those players that when you look at what you could do with him in the NFL, it's not just when he has the ball in his hands, but the way the back end of a defense has to respect his speed. So no Jake Bentley in there. No. <laughs> Do you remember in the off season when we like did our previews and everybody came at us about, oh, you gotta watch Jake Bentley too? Yeah, dude, nonstop. I'm good. I'm good at Jake Bentley. Yeah, it does. Uh, there's still people out there standing for Ryan Finley, so uh, which is going to come up and buy herself. We have time. Uh, I'm up next, and I'm going to take Darnell Savage. Uh, absolutely love the way he plays. Uh, physical, fast. So fast. He ran a four three six Maryland safety at five right? ten two hundred pounds. Yep, I, I really like the way he plays. Like someone who, as we got into draft four hundred, like I just could not stop watching him play because he has such good range. I compared him to Adrian Amos, but I think he actually has better ball skills. So he could come in and be a day one starter, and is someone that'll probably be a second or early third round pick. Yeah, I I like him a lot too. I'm gonna dig deep into the bag here. A uh, guy that I've been high on that not a lot of other people have, or at least that I've seen, Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame. That's your dude. Put a, just like you mean you talked about McSorley earlier. If he had a quarterback that could throw the ball, I think we would be talking about Miles Boykin a lot earlier than we are. I I think he probably goes third or fourth round. I love his talent though. I love his size. He can run. I don't know why other people aren't talking about him, so maybe I'm completely wrong. But this is a guy, this is my red red star guy that I'm going to put my name on and say I think he's going to be a very good, productive NFL player. I just want to remind you that me doing that to Alshon Jeffrey basically launched my career. I mean, that's so what I'm hoping for. I'm just going to throw enough shit against the wall until I get one of these guys right, and they're like, you know what? Melo does know what he's doing. Ignore all the other stuff, but <laughs> yeah. he got one guy. <laughs> he got one. got one. All right, I'm going with someone that my two friends here are very familiar with, David Long Jr. from West Virginia. Oh, uh, man, it, nice, what Connor. a weird, what a weird player! Like built like a safety, plays linebacker, but he it works. I mean, he gets around blocks. He's never going to be your like Mike Backer, just trying to fill the hole and run through people. But the guy makes plays, and I think 
he's a player at the next level that can kind of be that chess piece in the front seven. So I love David Long Jr. And I, I've heard just plenty of great things about him. Super high character kind of player. And I think he can run and cover, which will really make him at the minimum a nickel backer in sub packages at the next level. So really productive in college. And, and I stand by. He's one of my guys. I think that he's exactly what the NFL needs right yeah. now with everyone getting smaller, spreading things out. He hits like a Mack truck as he well. He does, yes. So, so he's not just a small guy. I'm going to stay defense and go back to someone we talked to very early in the year. Unless I said that, now I can't remember if we did. Summer. Yeah, we did. Did we did? Oh, Summer. my God, my brain is scrambled. Zach Allen from Boston College. Yeah, we talked to him. I remember it now. Tough mother. Tough. Just so oh, he's tough. He's the man. I don't he's know where you play him in the NFL because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, and he said it. Yeah, he was on the podcast. I remember now. He could play defensive end. He could play three-tech, one-tech, four-tech, anywhere. Like, just put him on the field and let him play. Very, very powerful. Great length. O- over 34-inch arms so he could keep blockers off his frame. He's played two-gap. He's played one-gap. He's, like, he is a New England Patriot if anyone in this draft is a New England Patriot. Yeah, like Rob Ninkovich all over. Maybe a like better. a little bit bigger, though. Yeah. I like that pick. Um, my next guy, I kind of question if I should even make him a red star uh, because he's my number one player at his position, and I know Connor agrees with me. I love what I've seen out of David Montgomery. And Hell I know yeah. other running backs have gotten a lot of attention. I don't see why we're not talking about David Montgomery, though, as a complete running back that you can probably get in the second round, and he can come in and have that Kareem Hunt-type impact That's the immediately. He can catch the ball better than any back in this class. Connor, is he the one that you called a badass motherfucker on the show when I was like running around the no, office? <laughs> wow, you know how how much time flies, Matt. That was Darius Guys. Oh wow. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've been doing this for a minute, I guess. <laughs> mem- yeah, yeah, that's that was Darius Guys. Remember but, Wednesday I mean, when you were like, "Your memory's so good, Matt." Yeah, yeah. Was, I'm gonna take it back. <laughs> David Montgomery's awesome. I'm with you all the way, Mello. We stand for David Montgomery in this class as RB one. All right, next up, uh, a, a rival of David Montgomery, Anthony Nelson from Iowa. Whew, man, I mean, this guy can kind of do it all. He was really productive this year. Double digit sack guy, a defensive end for Iowa. He's got lengthy, measured in, I think, right at six seven. Tested really, really well. Awesome twenty yard, awesome three cone. This guy makes plays. He gets off blocks. He converts speed to power. I think he's kind of been slept on for a while now, and he's probably going to be an early third-round pick kind of player. But I think he's one of those players where in a couple of years from now, you're going, wow, you know, people just – he's not flashy. He's not that kind of guy. But he's a – like Cleveland Farrell, I always say this about him. He's your do-it-all kind of player. He could chip in and give you seven to ten sacks and be lights out against the run. That's what I've seen from Anthony Nelson so far. I just want to add two things before I give you my last player. I have David Montgomery at 30 overall right now. Mm-hmm. So running back two. Yeah. 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 But 30 overall is pretty damn good. I, and I snuck him in here really because good. I don't think he will go in the first I round. I don't either, but he, yeah, he's I'm a first round he player. He's a top 32 player. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I want to say this about Anthony Nelson. Wait till you guys watch AJ Epinesa next year. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, do that thing yes. We're going to do that. So, do that thing. No, you're right, though. So I, <laughs> I was watching Nelson. And I'm like, who's this animal across from him? <laughs> he's just killing people. That's my guy. Yeah, you know, you're spot on. He's he's the man, and he's going to be. I mean, he was a sophomore this year, and he was amazing. So I can't imagine how he good was he's going to be next year, which is just horseshit. But yeah, I mean, he still had ten and a half sacks. 
Yeah, it's, that's right? how good he is. He's a player in All right. the Big Ten. Yeah, exactly. Where they, they don't, don't throw, throw the ball. The ball. <laughs> I'm going to go with someone that I have ranked in the 200s. I'm going to go deep red star here. But if it were day three and I were the GM of a team, and if anyone's listening, I'm available. Uh, this is someone I would pick for leadership, character, work ethic, ability to come and play special teams, can play linebacker, can play safety. I want Drew Tranquil from Notre Dame. Yep. Fifth year senior, captain. Like he just oozes leadership and integrity and a love for football. And you you got to find a spot on your roster for guys like this. If I'm not mistaken, he made a a position change too. He, he did. was a safety, got hurt, added some weight, and then came in and proved he could play linebacker too for, at a very high level. Yeah. I like him too. I think he's a captain. He's a guy who's going to do it all for you. Another locker room guy. I'm up he next. really is. Yeah. I'm, oh, wait. I'm, I, I, wait I'm sorry. I want to say Mello filled out his before me and took this player. You're goddamn so, right. I, I just want to get that. Yeah. Off. But to be fair, he, <laughs> he's been begging the Chiefs to draft him. <laughs> he has like been. a round early for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. So I think he earned it. He did. <laughs> like if the Chiefs took Foster Moreau in the second round, I'd probably lose my shit. And be very like happy. Happy. If they yeah. took him at sixty four, Bradbury in the first, <laughs> Foster Moreau in the second. Piss off your whole fan base. I don't care. We're winning the <laughs> fucking so Super mad. Bowl. You don't need to play defense when no. you can play offense. No, I, but seriously about him, I remember going to the Senior Bowl, kind of looking over the roster and being like, "Oh, Foster Moreau is probably like the best tight end there." Like, oh, who gives a shit about this? Totally wrong. The dude can do everything. I thought he was going to be an inline blocker, like tight end three, maybe tight end two on a team. And then I watched him play, and he can also catch. And then I talked to him, and I think I might have fell in love. I don't know. (laughs) Talking to him, he was one of the best interviews we've ever done. I did not feel like I was talking to a college kid. Like He made me feel intimidated to even be on the phone with him. Yeah, he was great. I I think it's one of the best interviews we've done. The whistling was unbelievable. I like no lie. I've been trying to do it, like in my car. I can't do it. I can't whistle like him. I no, and him. he did a great job of underselling it. He's yeah, like, like, oh, oh no, no. I, I could guess like a whistle, and we're like, all right, let's hear it. And it's like, what right. the hell? Yeah, it was really cool. So, um, all right, I'm going uh, a tight, a blocking tight end here, Drew Sample from Washington. This dude is is nothing but grit, and no one is talking about him. And understandably so. I think Dawson Knox, Foster Moreau, those guys are awesome. So I saw you take some pretty badass tight ends and had to put one on my list. Drew Sample is the guy that opens up a ton of these outside long runs from Miles Gaskin. Mm-hmm. And he went to the Senior Bowl and caught everything that was thrown to yeah, him. Yeah, he really so did. I'm excited for to see where Drew Sample goes. I think he'll go in the fourth or fifth round, and he'll be a guy that's a tight end, too, that plays a lot of snaps in the league for a very long time. Like, if the Patriots, and uh, I'm going to bring this up in the next segment, if they drafted Irv Smith at 32, I think that's way early. But if they did, and they got Sample in, like, the fourth or fifth round, they okay. That makes sense. Like, those two would work really well together. Yeah. All right. Break time, and then buy or sell. All right, boys, it's game time. We're going to play buy or sell. This is where, because it's lying season in the NFL, I'm going to read you guys a list on my legal pad here of the news that I'm hearing, and you can tell me if you buy or sell it. Like, these are not lies. These are all real things that I'm hearing, but you just get to, like, say if it's a smokescreen or not. Does that make sense? No, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. First one, Josh Allen will be the selection by the New York Jets if they cannot trade back. I'm I'm going to take this one from you, Connor, first. (laughs) I'm going to say buy. I honestly think that they see the value there with an edge rusher. And that's who they want to take. And we've talked about Josh Allen before. He's not that far behind Bosa. 
I think that they could pull the trigger for him at three. As an edge rusher, like getting to the quarterback, um, I think he's a good pick at three. I would be happy with that if I were a Jets fan. I'm going to sell on this because I think the Jets trade this pick, and I think if they don't, I just think Quinton Williams is too good. I really do, and it's I can't explain to you how they're going to play all those guys up front. Um, I don't know. I would take Ed Oliver and play him more on end, but I don't think it'll be Josh Allen for a m- multiple reasons, and at the end of the day, the big one is I, I don't think the Jets pick at three. I yeah. I don't want like your team to fail, but I so badly hope they pick him at three just so we can see a reaction live on the it's, desk. <laughs> I'm pre- like, that's the thing I have nightmares about. Like When people ask me, Oh, are you excited? Like your first year on the desk for round one. I'm like, yeah, I really can't wait. And they're like, oh, you know, how's it going to be when the Jets pick a three? And I instantly pops in my head, them taking Josh Allen and like my Twitter just exploding. And then everyone's yelling at me like, what's your grade? What's your grade? And I just like panic and just run away. It'll be like when the Niners but took Solomon Thomas. I would give it a C, though, if anyone wants to know. I give it an A+. Plus. Spoils it. All right. Second one, <laughs> uh, a player that I know you both love because you nicknamed him together in Mobile. Scary Terry McLaren goes round one. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'm going to sell that, even though I do love him. I just don't see him going round one. I I think that would be an overpick. I mean, we did see Rashad Penny go in the first round. So dumber things have happened. And I actually like McLaren's game. I just think that he's going to go second round tops. Yeah, I I think so, too. I think McLaren is a really high floor player, which is great for teams. But how do you take him over like Melo's guy, Nikhil Harry? How do you take yeah. him over A.J. Brown? Uh, I think teams will just fall in love with the trio speed of Marquise Brown, Nicole Hardman, and Paris Campbell. Like, I just think Scary Terry is going to be a productive, even J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Like, he's going to be a productive player, but first round is just rich. Yeah, it's like, just rich. It, there'd have to be, like, six receivers taken. <laughs> like, Debo Samuel would have to come off the oh, board, yeah. too, I think. I was going to say, yeah. yes, Debo. Debo is another high-floor guy, but he even... Packs a little more punch than Scary Terry. Yeah. I was going to say something. I forgot what it was. I hate it. We need him to come on the podcast. story, bro. Yeah. Because he definitely doesn't know that we call him that. Scary Terry? No, he he has no idea. He needs to know. No. Like, I want him to buy in. He should. I mean, that's a marketing campaign that anyone should be able to get behind. Damn, I had something really fun. I need to keep a pin. I had something really funny to say. Dude, your memory shot tonight. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I've just been doing too much today. Uh, Number three. Four quarterbacks go in the top 15. Oh, Ooh, four no, quarterbacks no. in the top 15. They're not that dumb. They're dumb, but they're not that dumb. <laughs> I'm going to remind that you that John Elway and Dave Gettleman are two of the GMs that we're talking about here. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> and Doug could, three could go. I, I think, I think, I think three. three. Yeah. Okay. But you're right. Four, like. It just shouldn't happen. Don't make Daniel Jones happen. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> I don't want to wish make that Daniel on Jones He's never going to happen. I don't want to put that thing. on any fan base. Thank yeah. You. All right. Uh, I'm going to skip around a little bit. And I oh, actually, someone sent me <laughs> this, this today. Um, someone sent me a DM and they were like, did you see Kuiper and McShay's mock? And I am notorious for, I don't read other people's mock drafts just because I don't want that information messing with mine. And so I responded to that. Like, no, I don't read it. And they were like, they had Ryan Finley going top 50. So Ooh, I want to ask God. you guys. I wish you could have seen Melo's face. I want to ask you guys, Ryan Finley, top 50, buy or sell. I don't see it either. Top 50, that's, I mean, that's second round. That's, that's mid-second round. No, I can't see it. He should, should not happen. That's like with yeah. my guy, Jared Stidham. This just shouldn't be top 50. 
top no, I'm, 75, I'm maybe. So you're selling, Melo? Yeah, I'm selling. Connor? Uh, yeah, I'm selling as well. I mean, you don't get drafted top 50 for trying to get Kelvin Harmon killed every play. And I also, like, the only thing that opened my eyes a little bit to this possibility is I think it was Phil Sims mentioned Ryan Finley as a potential second-round pick for the Giants. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, make it like, happen. Oh, Weird. No. Tall, tall, white, skinny kid from the ACC? No. Dude, you can't, Not take, the Giants. you can't take that dude in the second round. <laughs> I you can't take that dude in the third or fourth. He's Mike Glennon. Oh, maybe. He doesn't even have the arm. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Poor man's Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon. <laughs> uh, here's another one um, that, again, uh, this came from Kuiper McShay. It's funny when they do a mock, people DM me like, hey, did you see this? I, how much money are people... Yeah. Spending to read these mocks. It's on Reddit. I can't believe it. Oh, way to go. One person does. Reddit. Yeah, nice. one person does. I love uh, the internet. So I guess uh, they both had this pick. So it was consensus here. DK Metcalf to Green Bay. Oh, at 12? Yeah, at or, 12. At 12. That's early. I'm going to buy uh, it. You're going to buy it? I'm going to buy Ooh. it. Uh, I talked about how Green Bay likes their big receivers. And I think somebody is going to reach on him just because they want to make sure they land him. And I could see Aaron Rodgers getting in the ear right. of the GM and be like, I want this guy. Give me somebody opposite of Adams. I need him. There's no tight ends worth it in their eyes. In mine, there is. But I could see it happening. I'm going to buy this one. Oh, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, Metcalf, versus, it's Metcalf, <laughs> Metcalf versus the field. I'm going to sell, but I'm, I'm nervous about it. Like, I actually like that landing spot. Because he can actually work back to the ball, maybe, with Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And you're just like, oh, God, he's so much bigger than everyone else. He doesn't have to run routes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll I'll sell it. But if it happens, I'll be like, oh, shit, there it is. Not right. bad. I would not be surprised to see the Jaguars take him at seven. I think they'd take Jawan Taylor. That'd be, a, but that'd be electric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bortles is gone. They have an accurate quarterback now. They don't need that. Um, I'm going to give you guys two more. Um, two players I have in my top 50. Um, do you think they could go round one? Chris Lindstrom, guard Boston College, and Dalton Reisner, offensive lineman, K-State. Uh, Reisner, I will buy. I think that people will fall in love with his versatility. And if we see enough offensive linemen go and like the, the Panthers might take one, the Giants could take one, Minnesota might take one. And then I think that starts to push up guys like Dalton Reisner because he can play guard and tackle at a high level. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think Dalton Reisner could sneak into the end of round one. I don't think he gets there. But it, he has a chance. I don't think Lindstrom will. Um, right? Yeah, Reisner's interesting because he did start out his career there at center. So if you take him, it's like, okay, we'll find a place for him to play no matter mm-hmm. what. Played some right tackle too. Yeah. It, he's. You know what really helped Reisner is the fall of Yadni Kajust. Yeah. That has helped him so much. So it's not crazy. I just, I'm kind of selling round one for him. All right. Last one. Jeffrey Simmons, round one pick. Oh, give me all the stock on that. All of it. <laughs> I think it's going to happen, too. I think just watching him play is going to be too much uh, for teams like the Chargers or the Colts to pass up on him and hope they can get him in the second round because somebody will snatch him up in the second round. And like we've said before, it takes one team falling in love with him for him to be a first-round pick. So I'm going to buy that, too. Yeah, I think it goes back to something Matt said on the Wednesday show. That fifth-year option matters so mm-hmm. much. I mean, if you're not going to have him for probably 80% of this season, and if you're not making the playoffs, you're not going to rush him back. Um, I mean, then you want to have him for under control for four years plus franchise tag. We'll see what the new CBA has an impact on all this. But 
yeah, I think that's the main reason he'll be a first rounder. All right, there it is. Buy or sell. I liked this. I think we're gonna have to do it more often. It'd be I a agree. fun summer it's one perfect. as well. So buy or sell. Uh, you can tweet us at Sixth Football. Let us know if we should keep it around. And after this break, it's your time to shine, guys. Draft on draft. All right, Mello, it's draft on draft time. Connor, uh, Connor disappeared. What the hell? I don't know. What happened to Connor? I don't know where he went. So um, I want you guys to tweet us or iTunes review your best guess at where Connor went tonight. Because he's gone. It's just me and Mello. This isn't yep. a, he's going to pop back up. Nah, dude's gone. Mm-hmm. I don't. Not forever. Not forever. He'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> you kind of make it sound like he, he really went he like MIA. Yeah. We know where Connor went, but where do you think Connor went? Yeah. Let's, we want we want you to know. Or no, we want you to let us know where he went. My best it's guess. Be your bull. My best guess, his hinge app killed his phone. Oh, yeah. Just batteries. Yeah, just zapped. Nothing. Yeah. All the hinge messages. Or he was looking at his hair in the bathroom and he dropped his phone in the toilet. That's hey, who hasn't done that before? Or you know, he videos himself doing those box jumps. Maybe he landed on his phone and <laughs> jumped it. right on it. God damn, I knew I put my phone somewhere. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> That's why I don't video myself working out. Yeah, I just don't That's work right. out. You've been waiting to open that beer, and I just keep coming up with new things to say. No, you're hit just that thing. talking. Oh, that sounds good. It's it clean. is draft on draft time. And the first question is from a handsome vest wearing gentleman who goes by the alias Matty Mills. And I was going to ask you, Connor, but then he disappeared. I was going to say Dan Kiefer's question down here on <laughs> the, the list. Yeah. Uh, but okay. All right. He doesn't wear a vest. Uh, he's a quarter zip guy. Would you rather, Mello, be the most well-known, highest-paid NFL draft analyst or be the general manager taking over a losing team? So you tweeted this out Thursday. I really don't think it's a difficult question, though. I don't either, but I want to know what you say. Oh, I would definitely take the draft analyst job. Right. Look Thank at Mel you. Kiper. Who's making, oh, that's who you're going with? Oh, yeah. No offense there, bud. But uh, look at him. He's making millions of dollars at ESPN. Yeah. And he's been jo- doing his job for, what, 30 years? 30 years. Go find a GM that's been doing it for 30 years. Because I don't think there's one out there. Uh, I know old Billy up in New England's been doing it for a minute. It's not been 30 years. No, it's been about 18. He's got some longevity going. Yeah, and he's like, he's the outlier. He's yeah. the one-of-a-kind guy who's been doing it. So, yeah, I would take that cushy job where I can uh, do my radio show on Saturdays and right. I can sit and live wherever I want. I don't have to grind it out every day like the life of a GM. I mean, no, I take the summer off usually. Oh, I know. I've seen you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever we call it. Yeah. Uh so I agree. I think that's the easy answer. Job security is amazing. So like people ask me all the time, like, why don't you go try to work for a team? Because if we suck, I don't want to get fired in three years. Yeah, and then you have to try to catch on with start another team. Yeah. I all mean, right. but if there's a team out there and they're inquiring about my services, go ahead and slide in them DMs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's at Mellow, M-E-L-L-O. It's a lie. I think you got to make that like a thing where you spell it. I think you already have Joe Tusio. You have the power to change one thing about the NFL draft experience. What would it be? Gosh, I do want to see the reality show part. We, the we Colts are basically about it. doing it. I want to see it. I want to see the behind the scenes. I don't even care about what happens in the season with all the other stuff they do. I want to see the behind the scenes. I want to see the scouts talking to the GM and the Colts are starting to do it. And I love it. I can't get enough of it. It was like three minutes. I watched it four times. Yeah. That's, uh, I think Connor said he wanted like WWE uh, like wrestling walk-ins. <laughs> like after a player gets drafted, right? They do get to pick down. their walkout song now, which is like you know nice of the NFL to do it. Mm-hmm. So I could get on board with that. Except for I don't know if old 
Roger Goodell wants to see a guy like Nick Bosa sprinting down the aisle nope. like the ultimate nope. warrior at him. <laughs> no, don't sign me up for um, that one. But if I could get like the glass crash, like yeah. Stone Cold, <laughs> that's the best intro of any wrestler it's, of any time. I was to say of any sport, it's that or Mariana Rivera. I don't even. I, or Charlie like Sheen Stone Cold was unique to him. He didn't even take like somebody else's song. Yeah, that it's is pretty badass. Stuff. So I don't have anything I would want to change. And it also, like, I'm jaded. I haven't watched the draft since 2011. That's a humble brag. I mean, is. that's a humble brag that I haven't watched the draft. Yeah. Oh, I've been uh, so busy doing the draft, I haven't watched it. I don't know why you always make me talk like that. I don't he, know. That's, we we have like just two like, accents. It's just <laughs> slow and kind of dumb or Australian European. <laughs> Which is a thing. All right, Phil Albanese. If the Patriots don't go after a tight end in the first round, could you see someone like Jay Sternberger being one of their second round picks? I want to get way out in front of you and say, I don't think Jay Sternberger is worth a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Like Texas A&M tight end. He looks like, you know, your flex seam guy. I just really didn't like his tape. I, I think he's a good athlete, but I don't know about second round value for him. Um, I don't, I think we're going to see two tight ends go in the first round and I don't think either one of them will be there at pick 32. So I think they wait till maybe later to try to get some more value. We talked about Foster Moreau earlier tonight. Uh, we talked about Drew Sample. I think those are some other guys that can be there later. You don't have to reach for somebody in round two. I think Dawson Knox, maybe Irv Smith are round two tight ends. After that, I'm going to wait a little bit. And I want to say, because I know people are going to tweet this at us, what you said, Sternberg's a good athlete. He looks like one on film. He tested terribly. Terrible, as Charles Barkley would say. He ran a 4.7540. He had a 31.5-inch vert. He had a 7.193 cone. He had a 4.31 short shuttle, and he benched 17 reps. Yeah. At 250 pounds, that's not good. No, that's like an inline blocker. That's yep. not an and athlete. That's definitely not him. He only had 32-inch arms, which is scary for a 6'4 guy again. So, um, he. But you're right. On tape, I'm like, yeah, that dude looks mm-hmm. like an athlete. He's just actually not one. Teddy Boyardee has a good name. <laughs> I don't know is. if that's his real last name or not. but Can't be. That's not a real name. Nope. <laughs> Would Harrison Smith be a good comp for Taylor Rapp? He excels close to the line of scrimmage with the added ability and coverage. Both have similarly great instincts and high character. I hadn't really thought of that comp for... Uh, Taylor Rapp, because I, I like him a little bit better, like in man coverage or like versatile. I love Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith's a better hitter. Harrison Smith's a lot bigger. He's 6'2, 215. Yeah. Adderley is struggling. No, to no, get Taylor to, Rapp. Or, okay, Rapp. I, I like the comp, but I think Harrison Smith is a little bit more physical, uh, more of like the box safety type. I like that pick, though, that comp. Uh, I do love Taylor Rapp's game, and I don't even give a shit that he ran a 4.7 because his speed shows up on film uh, a lot like Harrison Smith. So I like that comp. I mean, Rapp is two inches shorter mm-hmm. and at the combine was 10 pounds lighter. One thing so. that listeners might not know is there's not a perfect comp for every player. Yeah, no, that's and a you, great point. you kind of talked about it. Like, you can't just look at the measurables or what a lot of people do is the skin color. There's just not always a great comp for people, but I think Harrison Smith gets you close to what Taylor Rapp is. And I went Minka Fitzpatrick because of the versatility. Yeah, because he's played some corner. Yeah. And we saw Minka do that slot. at Alabama and in Miami. Yep. Mason Whitlock. I don't know if I like Mason Whitlock. I'm on Ooh, the fence. All right. We're going to go there. He is a member of the Stick to Football Hall of Fame. He's an Oklahoma fan. Yep. But so, he's a Chiefs fan, so it kind of balances out? No. Nope. 
No, nope, it doesn't. It doesn't, Mason. Sorry. Not in my world. We met another Mason at the Royals tailgate. He's my favorite Mason. Ooh. Ouch. So live with that, Whitlock. Sick burn. He has my number. He'll text me about this oh. tomorrow. Which round one talent will fall the farthest on draft night, and how far does he fall? So I always feel like this is really hard to predict. Um, so round one talent, I don't have any round one guys that I expect to fall out of the first round. I don't either. Like so, Josh Jacobs, if you viewed him as a round one guy. But he won't fall out of round one. I could see him falling just because the injuries, the poor 40 time. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one, actually. I know he's kind of your guy because you love Alabama running backs. <laughs> but I, I could see him falling into the second round after some teams pass on him. There's not a lot of need at running back in round one. I, the Eagles were a team we were really tied to. Yeah. Then they went out and got a running back. So, so I could see him fall. I'm going to go with Hakeem Butler, a player that I don't think is a round one player, but I think a lot of folks do. And I think he's like a mid to late round two guy. I agree with you 100%. I don't see him as a round one guy. I see him as like a just a big red zone target. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of yeah. how I view him. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the most popular one that people assume is a round one player that that I really don't think is. That's that is again the hard part because a round one player to me might not be to Mason and right. vice versa. So yeah, there's probably guys that we're thinking about in the second round that everyone else maybe has in the first. But yeah, I think our first round grades would probably be pretty similar if we compared them. If you would ever do a big board, we would find out. Yeah, well, somebody's gonna have to pay me to see it. <laughs> All right, it's what's your Venmo, Mister Mister Miller. Seven. Is there an underscore in there? I don't know. Okay, don't do that then because you're <laughs> sending random people money. Dan Kiefer. Love he is that my, guy. He's my favorite Dan that's alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. th- that's an honor. If you had to pick one player that will likely go outside of round one to start a franchise with, who would it be? Any player. So Any you player. say start a franchise, that my mind immediately goes to quarterback, which immediately goes then to Jared sure. Stidham. So but I don't, I don't, wouldn't take him. As a franchise starter, I would probably go. Can I say Nikhil Harry? But I wouldn't start a franchise with a with a receiver. receiver. I uh, have my answer, it. Foster Morel. There you go. Just double down <laughs> on it. Yep, that's my guy. Just start it off right. You know he's going to work his ass off off the field. Uh, he's going to be good in the locker room. He's going to produce on the field. I'm starting it with my tight end. You know why you're going to feel so dumb right now? No, because you could have said David Montgomery, and that's who I'm going to take. Yeah, but he's a running back. I, it's I, fine. You can always run the ball. Can you, though? Look at the Giants. The Giants are going to suck next year. Yeah. Well, Sorry, on. Giants fans. I'm yeah. not anti-Giants like Matt. Um, <laughs> get, like People oh, wow. definitely think you're anti-Giants. And Raiders and everything else. I think they're going to struggle next year, and they've got one of the best running backs that we've seen in a long time. That position just isn't really a difference maker. I think it's a set-you-over-the-top position. Chase Winovich. Oh, that'd be another You know where one. he is on my board? I just looked. He's I, I've been moving things around like crazy, stacking players. He's number 69. <laughs> he really is. And I'm oh, not moving him. Of course him. he is. Uh, he's staying there. Regardless of grade, he's staying there. All right, last question from Axel Jansen, who I'm mostly putting here because his name's amazing. Is it? I wonder if his real name is Axel. I think it is. It's pretty badass. Does the level of competition matter when scouting players? Absolutely does. Yeah, it does. 100% does. Everything, like you guys probably get tired of me saying the scouting requires context. It's yep. like you you can't just look at production. Be like, okay, well, you have to look at who that production is against, how it happens. You know, you can have a receiver who only has 400 yards receiving, but maybe he only runs underneath routes. Mm-hmm. Like, you it, you have to pay attention to all the details. You Like Melo said earlier, you can't just look at measurables, you can't just look at stats. You have, it's the full picture. Well, and before I start 
watching film on any player. I don't care what conference they play in. I go watch what I think is their toughest opponent first. Yeah. Like when I watched Andy, Andy Isabella, I went to the Georgia game. I didn't care about what else. He went off. I want to see. Like when I watched some of the guys out of the, out of the Pac-12, I go watch them play against Washington, especially if we're talking about receivers, because I want to see what do you do against Taylor Rapp and uh, JoJo in, in the secondary and then Byron Murphy. I want to see how you match up there. Or when I watched DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown, I went to the Alabama tape first. I want to see what you do against other guys that are going to be in the NFL. I don't want to watch you torch some MIAA opponent for 400 yards. I want to see what you can do against guys that you're going to be playing with in the NFL. Well said. All right, that's our show, buddy. It is. It means it's drinking 30. It means it's Thursday. It's Thirsty Thursday. We will be back Monday morning. Mello Connor and I doing a mock draft. We're, we're running out of time. I can't wait till mock draft Monday after the 2019 draft. We're going 2020, baby. We I'm making you guys do it. I'm God. dead serious. That's a lot of prep after the draft. Can we get one day? Nope. Then I'm... I guess we're on to 2020. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, the boss says no. But I think we should just come out swinging. Just, you know? I think we'll probably have to break down the draft, but a 2020 mock draft will be right around the corner. I have to publish one the day after the you draft. You can just start talking about Justin Herbert again. <laughs> All right. Just use my notes just from last everything year. we said last year. Just go ahead and slide that it in. Applies. If whiskey, whiskey, you know yeah. what to do, buddy. <laughs> go find it. Put it in here. Uh, let us know. Where did Connor go? Tweet us at Stick to Football. We'll talk to you guys Monday morning.